With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله والي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujaddid, the Reformed. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.
shot the crowd down. The crowd bounced down in Roswell, New Mexico, and then picked up and tried to take off and then crashed again about 60 miles away. This is the man said. Now you go back and read our book. A man from Planet Risk, and you see the exact same story. He said certain students came around and saw on the floor four dead graves, one uh, badly wounded, and one walking around dazed, asking for help but without talking. And this is this is Dwight David Eisenhower, right hand man, saying, you know what he, you know what he said? All I want, because he's old now, he's old, he's old and in the sea of creation. Right? So he don't care no more. They can't do nothing to him. He said, all I want the government to do is be fair and tell the people the truth. Let them know we are in contact with UFOs. There are graves here. He said, that's all I want. This lies have to stop. Now, anybody who wants to remember, the only mentality that must fight reality is faith, belief, and theory. And that's the foundation for religion. So people on the religious tip got to make like this is not true because if you say, show me the answer, the graves in your Bible, they can't. And it makes them look stupid for believing a certain philosophy their whole life. They have no proof of it. You know what I'm saying? But now they have come to the conclusion. Oh, man, they, they just showed, I'm saying, if they had to say it, it would come on at 9 and stayed on to 11. How many hours? Huh? For a whole week. They just showed, they showed stuff that you haven't seen before. They went back to everything in UFOs, and they showed all the things that were not confirmed, all the things the government couldn't write away. Oh, they also said, yes, the Majestic 12 did exist. It was not a mythological organization. He said there was six civilians and six top, uh, top security. Yes, he said also that the uh, Project Blue Book does still continue. Yes, there was a Montauk project. Yes, there was a Philadelphia experiment. They're pulling the cover off this, but it's a year supposed to happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they're over in Egypt, like I told you they would, opening up the tombs. How long ago does that tell you? This year, 1999, they got to get prepared for what? The Order of the Owls. They also showed on television the obelisk in Washington. They have lit it up. We renovated it. They built a new, what they call, pylon museum in Memphis, Tennessee. They're getting ready to declare America Egypt. Oh, yeah. And people don't even know what's going on. Sacred societies are moving, and they are, they are amazed at you trying to figure out how you knew all this. Because everything we told them to expect is that. That alignment that you see is why they're telling you tomorrow is going to be sunny and when you get up it's raining. Because they have nowhere knowing. It's why all of those poor innocent skiers by the thousands died this year. Did you know that? Because of ice and avalanches because the news reporters could not properly forecast. They went up there and people got covered, towns of people. That's why right now Boston is catching hell, high peak. Seattle is catching hell, high peak. And you know what happens after high freezes at the wrong part of temperature? They call them 
basically crack, cracked in the earth star, shift star. So you can expect another earthquake in California or along the Andrea Fault again. You know what happens? Also, they're talking about the price of milk dropping. Now, why would the price of milk drop if cows got a disease? Think about it now. Why would the price of milk drop if cows have a disease? Also, the doctors have proved that milk does not help the bones. They grew. This is ugly, too. That is on film, too. They grew a nose on a man's forehead. You saw? Oh, I said, I'm not so good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Because I know I'll be saying the greatest. I'm not 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 the Get back. But what does that say to us? It says that our doctrine that we want to grow our own limbs is true. And as crazy as it sounds when I told y'all, preloading is a sign that we used to grow our own limbs. Isn't it crazy? Now, is it all right that he said? Is it all right now that he's talking about the alignment of the planets? Is it all right now that he wants... Let me... I wish I had a black one. I was... Show y'all the reason why I never bother with um Kate what it go? Um the Millennium Bug. Why 2K? I will show you how simple the mistake is. Getting in shape doesn't have to get harder as we age. In fact, it's possible to ignite the metabolism and amplify the effects of your diet, no matter how old you are. There are actually two different types of fat in the body. One is white fat, which is super hard to get, a, to get rid of. It's super, it's the annoying fat that hangs out in your most annoying areas. And if you look in the mirror, you probably see the white fat. The other fat, brown fat, is actually good for your body. You can think of brown fat almost like Pac-Man going around your body and eating up your stubborn white fat. Adults have less brown fat than children which is why we're, we're not all walking around super skinny all the time or why it seems like our metabolisms get slower as we age. But what's worse is the more that we weigh, the more our white fat cells produce a protein called SLR11. SLR11 actually limits the ability that we have to burn off any extra, any extra weight that we're carrying around. And I mean, besides making us struggle daily to fit into our pants, except it's simple as heck, right? And <laughs> I'll try to explain it. It's going to be difficult, but I'll try to, it's going to be difficult to understand it without a blackboard. And I'm going to try, okay? You have to use your imagination. You're going to see how simple the mistake is and why they can't rectify it. And that's the funny part about it. There it is. Right? 
Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the guide. And on the Mujaddid, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. And now, listen to the Supreme Grandmaster, Naya Malachi Zoduk L.
pops out this, this, this doctrine, this philosophy, this music, and it frightens everybody. It frightens everybody, including them. But out of that chaos is coming a certain amount of awareness. These kids are now starting to talk about the condition that's taking place. The death of Tupac is a symbol to them. You follow? They're starting to realize some of these people are taking this business a little too soon. The whole hip hop thing is a business. We're making money. We're playing games. We're not real games. You want to meet the real games? You go to Sicily. You meet real games. Don't think it ain't a real game. I don't think they're real games out there. So now we're in the hands of a couple of kids, a couple of fathers, a couple of sons, a couple of brothers have lost their lives. And it's gotten quiet. But there's an awareness amongst all of them. This new doctrine is able to get these kids to stop killing each other. Because when we meet here on stage today, if you're here for four days, you're going to see all the groups here. Groups that would, that would normally be rivaling against each other. They would hate each other. For no reason other than they wear a different color head rag, I think they say. Or one does this. <laughs> which is normally a reptilian symbol. And the other one's doing this. I don't know what this one <laughs> I didn't see that movie. <laughs> but they'll all be here on Thursday day together as a family. So somebody said, you know the over there? Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't drink. Wait, I take that back. We do drink. We do water, milk, soda, you know, wine, beer, but we don't get drunk. Right. Correct? We don't smoke any kind of drugs. Any kind of drug. You understand that? We're not polygamous. We're not Muslims. We don't have hundreds of wives. If you still have hundreds of wives in the next hand off, you got to cut it out. We're not having them. And, and I say, if men can have more than one wife, then women can have more than one husband. No more women walking behind men. Shut up and you shut up. When the man says shut up, say why, and then prepare to <laughs> but, but stand up. It's time to stand up. This is what we teach. Now, what's starting to happen is we appeal to the younger generation for some reason. The bottom line is we open our doors by opening my mind and heart to reach out to the 5% and say, let me take your book that you have been sitting on since 1960-something and doing nothing with, and the kids are only going from little bits of rhetoric, so they don't have a full understanding of what's in those so-called one or one of your So being you can't afford to do it, or just don't want to do it, let me put the book in one cover so every 5% or God, they got eight sex now, every one of them have a copy of so maybe they can see that we're not that different than they are. But as long as they got a couple of fanatical leaders who want to control their congregation, this is our biggest problem, control of the congregation, they're afraid that their followers might come to me. If I wanted their followers to come over to me and not be 5%, I wouldn't put up a 5% flag. I'm saying if you're 5%, that's because we even need to still be a part of the Milwaukee and Pennsylvania. We're not getting caught on the religious practice. But nobody can confirm religion. Nobody. You cannot prove to me that there's a God. You can go over a whole bunch of philosophical bull crap. But I said, prove to me God, I know there's a God because He created me. 
That's it. Yeah. Evolution beats the hell out of that. <laughs> Quantum physics beats the hell out of evolution and instant creation. And I'm going to say, they can't do it. And that's the problem. Because they can't do it, there's an emotional trap. The moment I can't verify or justify what I believe in, they can't want to do it. I regret that to an elk or a gorilla or a bull. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why we went out there with so many questions at people. But I did not go out here with questions before I did 25 years of questioning. I did 25 years of standing up in front of people in New York City, opened the doors and said, come in and ask me anything you want to prove what I'm saying. All I want to do is change the conditions because I see the baby. Some man, I'm on the same record with Steve. I'm here, I'm on the same record with Steve. Now, this record is a check-out record. That's all I was concerned. So I did that with 5%. You win? The short comes down to most people don't know what they're talking about. The first criteria for dealing with a Muslim is do you speak Arabic? If not, don't stop using Arabic. If you don't speak the language of the Quran, then give it up. The problem then, that doesn't mean you understand it, because I know many Muslims who speak Arabic and don't understand the Quran. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so many Muslims back. If they all understood it just by virtue of the fact Arabic, then all of them have the same belief. There wouldn't be so many Sunni, Shia, Ahmadiyya, Baha'i, and on and on and on. Women. So we, as a people, are vulnerable because we're like a baby mind. And because we're riding off of I've been abused, that's what you use, I'm going to abuse the white man abuse. So we're looking for any way to get even. Like the dog. So we like to join anything inside the channel ball. Black box. And hope that out of white women goes. I mean they're not as involved in the black power thing as you are. Keep on saying they don't care about any black power. Light on. <laughs> 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 that is quite much more like this. I don't know. What's the big deal? But let's see what you're doing. Right. If you feel that the system, if you feel the system is failing you, what do you do? Are you setting up a school system? Columbus did not discover America. You can't discover something somebody's already on. First of all, unless you didn't come to America, you wouldn't fit it. You know what I'm saying? So when they got here, all that, we were already here for all that. Now I'm long before, more. All right, so I'm not teaching that to my son. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to teach my son your life. You need those that make you feel good. I understand that. You're supposed to make yourself feel good to your kids. But because you went over to Africa and stole a large amount of us from what up there, you have an obligation to teach us about us. If I'm not free, then you don't have to, then you continue to teach me that George Washington was the first president when that's just not a fact. There were 16 presidents before George, and nine of them were black. Right. <laughs> right. The man who put George Washington in office, name is John Hanson. Look it up, and it'll tell you right in your dictionary, John Hanson, a black president. A more. I'll 
necessary. You can go to any computer and bring up John Hanson, and he'll tell you about one of nine black presidents. And they'll give you Native Americans. And they'll also give you Christmas who came over here and married Washington women, a black tribe, and had children, and those children were governed. There's a woman right now, right now, put it up, recognized by the president of the United States as a real owner by deeds of the land from the Louisiana to Canada. Where the so-called character in the Bible came 
was afraid to go outside of our land, the land of Moab. And don't his father, I'm afraid in your Bible, what are they going to do? Those who find me out there are going to kill me. Leave it in your body. In Genesis. If Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel were the only four people on the planet 4,004 years ago by Jehovah's Witnesses and 6,000 years ago by Muslims, if they were the only people on the planet and Cain killed Abel, leaving Adam, Eve, and then who was Cain? Telling his father he was afraid he was going to kill him when he got to the land of God. Who was he talking about? There was nobody on the planet. No, the whole world to us was that land. North America was called Atlantis. South America was called Mexico. And Africa was called Sudan, where they get the word Aswan. The illusion, which causes confusion, is to tell people that they're not black, don't use the title black. When in actuality, when you translate the word more, or else, you get the word black. <laughs> when you translate the word push, push. You get the word black. When you translate even the word Ethiopia from Egyptos, you get burnt faces. And Egypt. When you take the word Ham and translate Ham, you get the word black. Midrash, who moved into Egypt, a descendant from, from our northern Ham, black. But in the records that were kept in Latin, we have one, we have another word for black. Now, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 of your Bible has the word nigger. Acts 13, 1, write it down. Don't believe me. Nigger. It says nigger, and it means black. 13, 1. 13, 1. We got a Bible open to read it. In ancient, in ancient Latin language, where all the history was being recorded, Negra was identified with the color. Moreno was identified with the state. They had to stop calling you more Moreno because he identified with that state that God was in before life. <laughs> but the word Negra only dealt with the color of this and did not deal with the supreme body. So as you trace your story in his story, you will find the word more in, more, in Maurice. Saint Maurice. You ever heard of Saint Maurice? Or more. Who refused to murder Germans so the Irish declared him a saint and he wasn't even Catholic. Constitution of the country. You know what it is? Iroquois. Because the Iroquois gave the Constitution to whom? Thomas Paine. Who then rewrote it. And then they took it and changed it. And took from 13 to 20 out and threw it away. And then added 20 little, but never had it signed. 
And if you go seek out from 13 to 20 of the Constitution, what you can find, the one that was signed, you find out it says, no more can be held in place. No more. And then it says, who are the more? The indigenous people of this land. Dark people, they say, the women just They took it out and tried to hide it. But Philadelphia kept it on record. Say, this is why they got to come up with a tell about those guys are involved in this stuff. This is this cult thing with this, um, and he tells us about extraterrestrials coming. We better go out there and try to stop that. They're not interested in my belief in extraterrestrials. They believe, they believe more than I do in extraterrestrials. I spent
made to fit the size of Osiris only. And he had his men, his warriors, which they call fallen angels, came with him. Get and said, Prophet of I want to see if it fits my loving brother. And he put him in the sarcophagus and he sealed it. And he took him out and turned him into a 14 These are not true stories. These are metaphors. These are folk tales of actual interest. See, when you go back to stories and you say, well, where did Ra come from? They'll say, from the time of the egg, the black egg. The black egg is represented by the black dot. The black dot is represented by the soul. They say three principles to soul in ancient the ka, the ba, and the ah. And those three principles are the principles of the universe, persons, places, and things. The only time persons, places, persons, places, things, cross is when a divine principle steps in. And when human beings, who, men, men, rock, the God, who, the creative force of will, the God, men, in ancient Egypt always comes back as rock. And when who men become conscious of the God, then the principle of persons, places, and things are broken by the principle now and then. <coughs> when then becomes now and then becomes now. When a people or a being completes his growth or his evolution from what he is supposed to be to what he is. Then he is, then he is reached the point of now. Really? If he looks at his past and everything that brought him to now, he will look over his left shoulder and see it as then. If he intends to perfect the dot now, then from here on there'll be no more there'll be no more changes. Acquisition, inquisitiveness are gone. I now know. So the next thing is always going to be the same as right now. I don't want to sound As I come to life and I hear the whole witness. That was back then. <laughs> and they talked to me about God and Jesus Christ and the Jehovah's Bible. I'm very interested. And I sit down with some Jehovah's They come in my house and I'm, very, I'm convinced. Right now, I'm evil and good. You cannot have a world of all good. I'm not saying we should all go out marry. Because if Caucasian people marry black people on a large scale, that is I'm not supporting the KKK concept of separated by history. That's what I mean. I mean, if we are to stay as beautiful of a garden as we are, we're going to be all kinds of flowers, then people better stop this cross-breeding. 
So he put on a big banquet at the party of Osiris or Uthiel. And he made a beautiful sarcophagus, made to fit the size of Osiris only. And he had his men, his warriors, which they call fallen angels, came with him, get and said, Pop the sarcophagus, I want to see if it fits my loving brother. And he put him in the sarcophagus and he sealed it. And he took him out and sent him to 14 These are not true stories. These are metaphors. These are folk tales of actual incidents. See, when you go back to stories and you say, well, where did Ra come from? They'll say, from the time of A, the black A. The black A is represented by the black dot. The black dot is represented by the soul. They say three principles to soul in ancient the cock, the bar, and the ark. And those three principles are the principles of the universe, persons, places, and things. The only time persons, places, persons, places, things cross is when a divine principle steps in. And when human beings, who, men, men, rock, the God, who, the creative force of will, the God, men, in ancient Egypt always comes back as rock. And when who men become conscious of the God, then the principle of persons, places, and things are broken by the principle now and then. <coughs> when then becomes now and then becomes now. When a people or a being completes his growth or his evolution from what he is supposed to be to what he is. Then he is, then he is reached the point of now. Really? If he looks at his past and everything that brought him to now, he will look over his left shoulder and see it as then. If he intends to perfect the dot now, then from here on there'll be no more there'll be no more changes. Acquisitions, inquisitiveness are gone. I now know the same as right now. I As I come to life and I hear the whole witness. That was back then. <laughs> and they talked to me about God and Jesus Christ and the Jehovah's Witness Bible. I'm very interested. And I sit down with some Jehovah's Witness. They come in my house and I'm, very, I'm convinced this is the truth. However, if I walk a little further and I run into a seven day Adventist, and they say, well, the Jehovah's Witness got a lot of truth. However, no, 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 they forget about the Shabbat, they don't eat pork, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. And I can show you the Bible, it says only pork, and people the Shabbat, and so on. What I was, what was then important to me is no longer important to me now. I, I now have a new now. Do we ever reach the end of now? No. Uh, wrong. We do reach the end of now. When now, then, 
and then stop. Because there are no more Jehovah's Witnesses or seven citizens or black or whatever to change my life. I now know. And you can never change me. I'm not going to convert to no doubt. I now know. I'm going to call it a kind of awareness because I did the research. I wasn't indoctrinated. I was brainwashed. But brainwashed is one of those games or play on words to make you think that it's wrong to be brainwashed. But if I was a smoker and a drinker and a druggie and I had all in my brain, I wish you would wash my brain so I can get a cleaner brain. This is where evil is made to look good and good is made to look evil when they take words and they took them and say, you are brainwashed. He said, thank you. Because if I wash this shirt, it'll be clean. If I wash my brain, all that garbage you taught me is going in. And what I'm the state of now because I have did my own research and I have confirmed everything and I know there's nothing coming better. In other words, I have found myself. I'm comfortable with what I am. My biggest fear and problem is how much I intimidate others because I fear to be so content with what I am. They seem to be bothered. They say, well, I'm in the Wapi. The person believes in sound, right, reason. What do you mean by that? We believe that you shouldn't believe, you should investigate. <laughs> you believe that you must believe to get through the public gate. You follow that? We don't believe anything. Call me an atheist. Call me a black devil. Call me a sentiment. Call me all the things you see to keep you happy. But if you say atheist, I'm going to say A-T-O. I'm going to say A in Greek again, Theo, or Greek deity. I'm not Greek, I'm not an angel. Satan, Satan, Adam, Hebrew word Satan, what does it mean? Serpent person. I'm not a serpent person. You know those people? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is phonetic. This is phonetic. I'm not phonetic. <laughs> Etymology. You know, you have to play words again. Words are not games. Games are created for words. Words are not games. Games. And this is called right now. It bothers people. It bothers people because you're saying all you're saying to them is don't say anything to me that you don't intend to prove. Right. Now, I mean, I, in, in the forum of that, I don't mean I'm not going to go play golf with tennis and have fun. We could have a joke and kick it and pop and go out and fantasize about life. So when you start talking about my soul, having held God, created universe, I'm going to ask you questions. And if you cannot answer the questions, I'm just not going to accept you. In that field, not not in the chessboard, you know, in the chess game, I mean, he does them, but if you start asking, you start talking about religion, you say, uh, I'm Reverend whatever, and I came to teach you that Jesus is your personal savior. I'm going to say, well, okay. So, um, well, um, I don't want to be rude, but what does personal mean? <laughs> I mean, because you, you, 
I mean, what is that? You want me to get out the third part of this house? I'll leave. But if you do it out, if you do that, then I call it. I just want to know. What does personal mean? Does it mean mine? So do I, so do I need you to show me for me? So they'll tell you, a reverend will tell you, say, God spoke to my heart. <laughs> and God told me to tell you. <laughs> wait, before you go any further, man. Me and me know God first, man. He's my first day. Would you give him my telephone number? I can talk to him myself. You know what happened? They get mad. They can say that disrespectful. They can say that arrogant. What? Because I simply, because I simply want to know. Right. You tell me Jesus died on the cross for my sins? I'm saying, even the sins I committed after he died? But I know when I was a kid, I had to do all kinds of stuff with my little brother and sister, stealing and stuff, him and head. Is that sin? Where, what is the sin thing? Where, what's the criteria for sin? Who's deciding? God is sitting on the book with those things of sin. Just stand for a story again. Don't be not old and get gifts and old and bad. Don't get gifts. Man, I don't need that no more. I need to become conscious of who and what I am. If I go back to your Bible, and I go back to Genesis, and I read in the Bible because it's what you believe, it tells me I'm a living soul. It said I breathe into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So now, then, lecture me on living soul. Before we go any further about who saved you, why he saved you, the animal forces and resurrections, Tell me about what, what is your knowledge of living soul. First of all, you need Hebrew, of course, because living soul is in Hebrew. So you have to get a Hebrew reference. I can't use an English King James. He was, you know, King James was in Hebrew. So I mean, you can tell me what living soul means, but that's what God says I am. And if you can't, could you get a reference up there to sin? No. Oh, then I'm ready to throw out the They're going to be telling So, the almighty, all-powerful being in the universe of which you are a part of in all religions and mysteries says that all of you must know. And that the only way that we can stop the ignorance is that all of you must start asking questions. And you are going to be persecuted for righteous things. They're going to revile you and say all manners of evil against you falsely. Not for my name, sir, but for the heavenly Father's name, sir. You understand me? But we have to stop going into bed. We've got to establish now. This is what we are. And that can only be done by the retrieval of by going out into fact, don't tell me I am an African or just a Native American. Which tribe of Native American? And where did they come from? You mean don't just give me the, the, the package, give me the meat in the back. And if you can't keep the package, because you'll be confused anymore. And or give me the direction for which I can present the fact. That's all. And that's the day and time you're in. And because I've done my best, I heard my brother, Bible, let me translate your thoughts for you from Greek. Quran, let me translate it for you from Arabic. Torah, let me give it to you from the original Hebrew. Now make sure if you got one, you have translated, 
I put the word next to it so if you don't believe me, you can go to a strong according to a dictionary and see if that's the same word. Just to see that here, I'm not lying. But it, it gives you another working when you're dealing with people and they say, well, in the Bible, he says, what's the Bible? I'm not interested in King James, but he doesn't give me a chance. He doesn't have a comparison, and I can check the words out. But I can investigate what he said. I'm stuck with what he said. I don't need that. I try to cover every subject, and this is why they can grab one of the subjects that I kept covering, extraterrestrials, all the extraterrestrials that I make, and try to ride the subject. And say, you see, he teaches about that question. So it must be affiliated with some suicide cult in California. Make it easy. When you only give one type of knowledge, they have to pinpoint. But when you're a person like me, you try to cover everything, there's so many ways they can play that game. And now, the true light, featuring Sayyid Al-Imam Isa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi. What about Minister Falcon? What's he doing now? Is he teaching or what? Right now, he's not a teacher. He's not doing nothing. He's not a teacher. He's a lecturer. There's a big difference between a teacher and a lecturer. Minister Louis Farrakhan just takes things that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was teaching and lectures about them. Yeah. And there's a difference when you sit down and set up an Arabic school and a Quranic school and a scripture school and you start to teach people something. That's totally different than going to a college forum, standing up and talking about economics and how black people got to work together and how much money we got to raise to do this. That's not teaching, that's lecturing. So Minister Farrakhan is a very good lecturer. He's just not a teacher. He was a student of a good teacher, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Because I listened to him talk and after an hour of listening to him talk, I realized that he didn't say anything. All he was doing was elaborating on things that happened. I think, like, he's a nice brother, he's a good speaker, he means well, but he's just not a teacher. Black people now want to be taught. They don't want to be just spoken to. They want to learn something now. They want to clear the smoke. So what is his purpose? You have to ask him that. <laughs> you can't ask me what his name is a paragon, so you have to go to him and ask him that. You're saying you can't serve two masters. What I see, I'm in that predicament. Here I am. I work for this man, but in reality, what I'm trying to do is, you know, save up, get, get myself something. Because, like you say, time's going to come and he's going to look at me and get tired of seeing me reading something that goes totally against his beliefs. He's going to get tired of me and say, okay, that's enough. Don't fear that, because if that was not the case, why did Jesus talk in parables? Jesus talked in parables because there was times when he just had to say things that he only wanted certain people to understand. So he compromised at times. See, even the Messiah himself had to compromise if he talked in parables because he could have just as well talk straight out. Like I have a quote. Well, let me see. Let's take Matthews, right? And turn to the 22nd chapter. What verse? If I don't give you a verse, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. You should know me by now, Paul, <laughs> And Jesus answered and spoke unto them again by parables. Here it is. Jesus is getting ready to give some people a parable. Now watch. Go ahead. And said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, 
which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fartlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, them into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. I stop. A very common quote in that, the 14th verse. Many are called and few are chosen. Every Christian uses that quote. You heard that quote before? Now, now there's a whole big story that preceded that from 22.1 all the way to 22.14. Now, if I turn around and ask somebody, what is Jesus talking about here? What is this parable about? What would you say? I have to read it over in... Uh... Well, let's read it again. Let's see if we can find out. What parable is he teaching here? Go ahead. And Jesus answered and spoke unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. What does that mean? I, I understand what he's saying now. He's saying that, um, basically, in plain words, he's saying, Hey, I'm asking you to come, and you're saying... Yeah, I'll answer it eventually. Right, right. The point I'm trying to make is, did Jesus compromise? As far as he spoke in parables here for certain people. You know who he was speaking for? He was speaking for people here who understood the scriptures. Anybody who was not one of his fathers or not one of the Pharisees or Sanhedrin who didn't study the scripture would never catch what this parable is talking about. The answer to the parable is found in Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my creator. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Notice he acknowledges the dress of a bride and a bridegroom as a symbol of salvation, as a symbol of purity, righteousness, right? And in this parable, the whole thing is that they speak of the kingdom. What does he say? The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. The kingdom of heaven is what's mentioned in the books of Revelation 21 and 22, coming down out of heaven like a bride adorned for Christ. You see? They're speaking about the dress of a bride, first of all. What do brides wear? White. Long white robes. Even in America where they became Christians, they wear this. Long white robes and a face veil. This is a traditional dress of a bride in America, correct? Um, and the husband wears a white tuxedo, a typical dress. So the bridegroom here, mentioned in 22, this whole chapter is all talking.
about how people do not want to put on their white robes and how they will be thrust into, even though they're going to come on the last day, they're going to be thrust into darkness. Now, read it again and you see it. He likened, first of all, the kingdom of heaven to this king. So that's the kingdom of heaven they talk about. If you don't read the first two, like a lot of Christian preachers, and started three, four, and five, you'll think they're talking about a real king. When they're not, they're talking about a kingdom of heaven. Now go ahead. And he sent forth his servants and called them that were bidden to the wedding. And they and would they, not come. And they didn't come. You all are being told to come home, put on your white, and you're not coming. People who are worthy of it are not coming. Go ahead. And again he sent forth other servants, a saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fartlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come on to the marriage. And you'll start to think this is really a marriage. If you don't realize what verse 2 is talking about, it's a symbolic of their heaven. It's a symbolic of the kingdom of heaven. And it's symbolic of people who were supposed to be worthy, who missed it the first time. The first time when Anwilaj Muhammad came and beckoned them to come into the kingdom of heaven, and they rejected. Now he's saying again, here we are again calling you to come into the kingdom of heaven. Watch it happen. Number five. But they made light of it. They don't make a joke out of coming home and putting on your wife. One day I'll be in my wife. I have to find more confirmation. We show you all through the scriptures over and over again about white, about your jealousy, about your dress of the bride. You say one day, one day. You make light of it. And? And went their ways. Go ahead. One on to, to their. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. That's your job you're talking about. I got to take care of myself and my family. I got to finish school. I got to go do this. I'm going to go get my own land and do my own thing. Why should I move in there? I can get my own land and build my own farm and do my own they tell you about that. Go ahead. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Go ahead. But when the king heard of the, thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies. Now remember, the king is who? The king is symbolic of heaven. Mm -hmm. The white man, now when you go out and work amongst them, they are called the remnant. And they do what? That's number six. Okay. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. This is what they'll do to you. They will kill you. They're all killing us. They kill in Vietnam. They kill in Iran. They kill in Iraq. They kill in Syria. They kill in Sudan. They kill in Ethiopia. They kill to Ghana. They kill in Nigeria. They kill in South Africa. They kill us. We still worship and praise them and work for them. Still make them rich. What else does he say? But when the king heard thereof. And remember, the king is heaven. That's what number two teaches. The king is heaven. Go ahead. He was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers. That's the angels who come forth from heaven. Mentioned in Revelation 22, again. Because they're talking about the kingdom. Remember, they, see I'm saying uh, how when you read the Bible, if you don't follow, you can miss what they're talking about. If you don't read number two, you don't know that they're really talking about heaven and, and angels. You think they're talking about men's armies and how these armies kill. They killed the wicked. Go ahead. And burned up their city. And it tells you we no longer destroy the world by water, but moreover by fire. Fire. They're talking about judgment day here. That the angels are going to come down from heaven with fire and destroy the wicked city of Babylon. Go ahead. Then says he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Then the angels say, okay, so now that we've stopped the devil, come on into the tabernacle of the Most High. Get ready for the wedding. And what do y'all say? Go ye therefore into the highways. And as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So I take off my white robe, I become Dr. York, and I go into the streets to try to reach people. 
and try to bring them home to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because y'all are coming to me, listening, and still not coming home. Then you complain about that. Why is he Dr. York? Why ain't you in the mosque? One time I was out in a club, and a guy walked up to me and said, uh, aren't you Imam I said, yes. He said, uh, why are you in this club? I said, I'm here with you. <laughs> what am I here for? What are you in here for? I'm in here for you. <laughs> he said, oh. Walked with a real dumb look on his face. He just said, oh, oh. You know that sound Negroes make to make you confused? Oh, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Our brothers in the trains and the buses and the schools walking the streets, they're doing everything to go out to get you. Go ahead. Both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a certain man, saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. You know, people sitting in that room right now know you know you're supposed to have on white. You understand? You know it. You know right from wrong now. All right. What does it say about him? And he says unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? Why aren't y'all dressed right when y'all know it's right? I got sisters I see sitting out there that's been here coming in for years. Still ain't putting on their white. Still ain't putting on their veil. Why? This is what the heavenly is talking about. Why? Go ahead. And he was speechless. Because there's no answer when we ask you that, right? Well, I, 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 I'm not ready yet. Because I have people say, Imam, I don't have a jello beer. I said, outside, they tell them, I said, give them a jello beer. They wear it twice, then they take the jello beer off. They y'all full of it. Go ahead. Then says the king to the servants. Remember, the king is heaven. You keep that in mind now. Go ahead. Find him hand and foot and take him away uh-huh. and cast him into the outer darkness. That's what's going to happen. This is heaven rejecting people because they reject the preparation for the supper of the wedding of the Lamb. Bread. There shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. Doesn't that sound like Matthew 24 again? No. Yes? For many are called, but few are chosen. Now you understand? <laughs> what that little phrase, many are called and few are chosen, many people get it turned on to the light, but they don't want to take off their traditional clothes and garb themselves in righteousness. The first thing they told Muhammad is to rise up and purify your garments. You had to stop wearing the garb of the Meccas and put on white. And whatever they know so funny, when the so-called Arabs made a movie called Muhammad, you ever heard that movie, Muhammad Rasulullah? They always showed you his followers dressed in all white. Throughout the movie, all the people that opposed them from the different tribes of Croatia and everything had on multicolors. Now they got scholars from different parts of the Arab world to come to do the script for that movie, Muhammad Rasulullah. And a lot of Muslims rejected the movie because they said they were going to depict an image of Rasulullah. They were so caught up on such tribute things, they didn't see that when they all got together on a subject, they came out with the followers of Muhammad all wore long white robes. Now you go to Saudi Arabia, they got on gray, gray jupa or jalabiyah. They got on green ones. Egypt, they got on plaid ones. Sudan, the sisters are wearing yellows and orange and speckles. And, but when they all came together on that movie, they all had enough sense to see that back in Muhammad's time, they wore white. Then they say they follow the example of Muhammad, and you go to a Sunni Muslim mosque for prayer, and everybody got on different colors. So when they cast you into triple darkness on the day of judgment, because then you won't be allowed into the kingdom, turn to Revelation. Now what chapter were we just reading? 22 in Matthew. Now, that chapter 22 of Matthew is mathematically. Go to 21 of Revelation. Because 22 
creation. Go ahead. What do you read? I've read it a thousand times. It tells you about a new heaven coming down. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Allah out of heaven. That's what Matthew 22 is talking about, this kingdom. Go ahead. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. See the same word? Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Go to Isaiah 62.5. It'll talk about the 144,000 and what they must be inside this new kingdom of heaven. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall they sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy creator rejoice over thee. <laughs> See how the scriptures all link right back in? Um, we told you that the 144,000 are going to have to be virgins, not defiled by the harlot. Have not drunk of the wrath of the fornications of the harlot. We got to raise those kids that way. You can't do that outside. You're a young man with a happy business, and if things are going right, what happens when your wife has kids and you got them out in the world? And they get tempted by the delicacies of this holland and of the book of 18. And you've corrupted their life because you have an opportunity to make your children pure. Stop thinking so much about yourselves and what you want and start thinking about the future of our world. Because it's in your hands. The Arabs can't do nothing. They want a modern eye. They want more modern cars and technology in Arabia and Sudan and Egypt. They don't want Islam. They don't want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't want to worship. They want discotheques and new movies and modern hotels and all kinds of things like that. They have turned away from the path of Allah. It's in your hands to revive it. And you're messing around stalling while time is running out. Read on. Back of Revelations? Yes, 21. Right. It should be at verse 3. Right. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle belongs with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Allah himself shall be with them. And be their creator. And Allah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his creator, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven veils, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Yeah, it goes right back to the same thing. It keeps repeating itself. So it tells you that the marriage is about, but yet you'll still, you'll come to the marriage, you'll come to the classes, and still refuse to put on your wife. Come unprepared to the wedding. Knowing better, jump from that to Revelation 22, the end of the world. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. In Islam, we call this kawthar. Multiple times in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala speaks about a county in paradise under which beneath flows rivers. So the Quran begins to explain these rivers when the Bible stops here. See, this is the end of the Bible. 
And that's how you know the Quran was a continuation, because in the Quran, whenever it describes paradise, it picks up this philosophy. It picks up this doctrine, this fact, and makes it clear. Go ahead. Clear as crystal. The crystal? Go ahead. Proceeding out of the throne of Allah. And that's right out the Quran. And of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yield her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of Allah and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no, <clears throat> no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Creator Allah giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord of the Holy Prophet, the Lord, the Creator of the Holy Prophets, sent his angel to show unto his servants the things. correct. Stop right there. Not correct. I want to point out something. Make note that in this last chapter of Revelation, they're talking about the Lamb in number one. And then by the time they get down to number six, they say, his holy prophet. Right? No. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, none of these men were prophets. It's not talking about what they came out to teach. They're talking about what the prophets, Muhammad, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, David, Solomon, Lot, what these men, Jacob, Ishmael, what they were teaching. Read that one again. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord, our Creator of the Holy Prophets, sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come, shortly be done. Now stop and go back to Revelation chapter 1 so we can find out about this statement. After the prophethood is finished, the last thing to come, the man will be an angel. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which the Lord gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. You see, that's the exact same thing. What's in the first book of the Revelation is the exact same verse that's in the last book of the Revelation. To show man that nothing has been taken away from this. Nothing has been removed from this. This final revelation for Jesus. Go ahead. And Number he, seven. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed he that keepeth the saying of the prophecies of this book. You see? Not the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not of Corinthians and Galatians. But of this book, the book of Revelation. And they you know they do in number seven, the first line. Does anybody have a, a Bible with two colors in it? You know the red and black lettering? Does anybody in there have it? Anybody have a King James Version? You notice that the first thing, behold, I come quickly, is in red. And they say that all those things said in red comes from Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. Right? Uh-huh. Right there then, when he said, Behold, I come quickly, he's talking. Then he said, Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of this, what? Of this book. Not of Matthew, of Mark, book. Luke, and John, and Galatians, and Hebrews, all the books that they made up after that. Jesus is telling people to keep the prophecies of the book of Revelations, the Injil, his book. How do you know it's his book? Revelations chapter 1 tells you it's his book. Read it. This is the revelation of Jesus the Messiah, which the Lord gave unto him to show unto his people or his servants things which must surely come to pass, right? Uh-huh. And sent it in. Signified it by, by an angel. <laughs> right here, he repeats it. And he said unto me, these things are faithful and
return. They acknowledge it throughout their hadith. If you ask any Muslim from any part of the world, they say yes. Jesus is going to return. The Messiah is the end of the world. First the Mahdi would come, and then the Messiah. Well, the Mahdi, Muhammad Ahmed, has already come into Sudan in the 18th century, 1845 to 1888. He's already been here. And Islam and the Islamic world knows the Messiah is coming. Well, Jesus said right there, I'll come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of the prophecies of this book. Not of any other book there. Only the Injil does the Quran mention. It doesn't mention nothing about the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go ahead, what else? And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Now, not Jesus. John was supposed to believe. This is John, one of Jesus' disciples. He was supposed to believe that no one should be worshipped but Jesus, according to them, right? No. Yet, he fell at the angel's feet to worship. That could not have been a part of their doctrine back then, <laughs> to worship Jesus. That couldn't have been otherwise. John, receiving the revelation for Jesus, was so disobedient that he fell at the feet of an angel to worship him. He didn't know he couldn't do that. He was told only to worship Jesus. No way. You can't get to heaven except by Jesus. He didn't know the difference between Jesus and his angel. Of course he did. This angel walked him through the revelation and showed him Jesus in his glory. So he knew the difference, but he fell down to worship an angel. That was not a part of Christian doctrine back then. All that doctrine you got today is Paul's stuff from the fake Christ bar Jesus that they worship. Go ahead. Then says he unto me, See thou do it not. Meaning, don't worship me. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this He said that there's an angel telling him that I am a human being and of the lineage of the prophets. Now, that's a strange angel, isn't it? Most angels come straight from heaven. This angel tells this man, John, that I am of the prophets. I am from the family line of the prophets. I am your fellow servant. I am a Muslim too. I have to pray too. Don't worship me. I know the incident happened. I saw it. Go ahead. And of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship Allah. Which book? Revelation. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, this is a single. Don't say to keep the prophecy of those books. Go ahead. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecies of this book. Don't hide the, the meaning of this book, the book of Revelation. He keeps telling you the last book, but what book to follow? Go ahead. For the time is at hand. Okay. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous. And I showed you back in Isaiah, righteous is putting on that garb. Putting on that garb of righteousness. That's what it says. Go ahead. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the now, tree of life. Now, here Jesus is saying... He was here in the beginning, and he'll be here in the end. But then he ends up by saying in 14, Not blessed are they that do my commandments. Blessed are they that do his commandments. His commandments. He's still giving honor to the Heavenly Father, even in the last book of Revelation. He didn't say, Blessed are they who do my will. Blessed are they who praise me. Blessed 
may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gate. Now, what's so important about the tree of life? Go back to Genesis. We'll see what's so important about the tree of life. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, uh-huh. verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did Allah make coats of skins and clothed them. The importance of clothes and having their bodies covered again is here. And then what he said? And Allah said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Now that the man has violated the laws of heaven and betook of the fruit, he has become like one of us, what? To know good and evil. He knows right and wrong. And now at least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So what is the tree of life a symbol of? Life everlasting. Revelation 22:14 tells you that that tree of life will give you eternal life. You'll live forever. Because man has now got willpower and he is doing evil, put him out of this garden so he doesn't be taken of this tree and live forever. Go all the way back to Revelation 22:14 and let's see what they say. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. So now in being obedient to the commandments and following the prophecies of this book, what is he giving us back? He's given us back right to the tree of life. Given us back right to eternal life. To live forever, the Bible teaches. Go ahead. And many enter in through the gates into the city. What city? Christus. The tabernacle of the Most High. He didn't say, sit there and wait for something to come out of heaven. He told you to walk into these gates. Come inside the city. (laughs) Go ahead. For without are dogs. That's right. And sorcerers. You listen hard enough, you hear barks in this neighborhood. <laughs> sorcerers just mean devil worship and demonology, the pentagram, all kind of satanic worship. If you don't believe me, get off in West Forth and walk around the village one day. You'll see devil worship. It's proud of it. All your rock groups and hot metal groups and... Go ahead. <laughs> and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And whosoever loveth... Poor Catholics don't know their idol worshipers, you know. The average Mohammedan Muslim doesn't know they're an idol worshiper. They don't know they're worshiping Muhammad. They just added his name in every prayer and every dua and everything they do. They don't know they're worshiping him. They're the idolists. They're going to hell too. He just called themselves Muslims. Said, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. And that's what we're here. Not in the synagogues no more. Because the synagogues was over in Judea. Not over there no more. We're over here. In the book of St. John, chapter 16, verse 1, he says that his disciples back then are going to be put out of the synagogue. Right? No. But over here, Jesus said, I sent my angel to testify in the churches. I'm coming to you Christian people who are inside churches worshiping statues and idols and demons and thinking you're worshiping the Heavenly Father. I'm reaching in the churches to pull you out. What does it say? I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. That's because they say that he had prevailed because no one was worthy to open the seal. They, what they say? The root of David prevailed to open and loose the seal thereof. That matches Daniel's also. Go ahead. And the spirit and the bride say, come. What are we talking about again? A bride and the dress of the 144,000, the cloak that the Lord put on him back in Genesis. The wearing of the white, covering the body up, the woman with the veil like she's prepared for the wedding, getting ready for the new city that comes down on him. What did Jesus say in the Lord's Prayer? Say the first couple of verses of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is thy name. 
Go ahead. Thy kingdom come. Thy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth. He said the kingdom of heaven was going to come down to earth for you. And he's telling you how to look when it comes. Be prepared, he says. Be adorned like a bride. How does a bride dress? Long white dress, white veil. That's the sin law over the whole world. Ain't got nothing to do with religion. The Buddhists do that. Go ahead. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, Allah shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, that's what John says, who was guided by the angel, Mikhail, right up to the churches of the present day. They're talking about what Paul said, and what Paul said, and what Paul said, and they're adding to the book. They're adding to this book. Jesus said, get your knowledge out of this book, out of the book of Revelations about him. His book, the book, not the book, not the disciples, the prophets, the prophecies. He said he did not come to change the law of Moses, but to fulfill it. Not alter it, not modernize it, not change it. Men are altering it. You got these fake preachers and teachers, these antichrists, who are going around in Jesus' name, like he said they were, preaching in his name. You got Muslims going out preaching in Muhammad's name, and they're the biggest demons in the world. Cigarette smoking, they're not dressed in the, the garb of a bride. Go ahead. And an infinity man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, Allah shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written. And they take your name out of the book of life, which is a link to the tree of life, you do not have eternal life. When death comes to you, you will die. You will not be transformed into a spiritual being. You will not be made back into the form of an angel. Go ahead. He which testifies these things says, surely I come quickly. Amen. That's the end of the book. Now they add a little chapter. So even so, come Lord. Now this is not Jesus, see? Because Jesus just ended and said, Amen. And then someone did exactly what he said don't do. They said, well, come on, Lord. And that's what preachers do. They quote the Bible, then they add their opinion. The Bible just says, Amen. Then they said, even so, Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. They then they put another amen. They added another verse. Two amens in one book. Jesus said, don't add to the book. Don't add to the prophecy. And in the end of the same book, what did they do? Add another verse. So, all those men have been cut away from the tree of life. Don't be looking for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in heaven because you're not going to see them. And Paul is in hell already. So you ain't got to worry about him. We now have for your listening pleasure a complete set of the True Light tapes. There are now more than 24 hours of answers to the questions that have boggled the minds of humanity. For more than 20 years, the eminent master, Imam Isa, has answered all questions put before him, from skeptics to true believers. Jews, Christians, Muslims, all have increased their understanding of the words of the Most High by listening to the True Light. Where can I get the True Light tapes? You can get the true light from your local Ansar representative that you see dressed in white. Or 
come down to the original tents of Kedar, 719 Bushwick Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. I still go to church, and I've asked my minister many questions from the True Light tape that he cannot answer. I've listened to Jimmy Swaggart and other ministers, but I find that Elimam Issa is the only one who can explain the book of Revelation. I've been a Jehovah's Witness since I was a child, and I thought I had a monopoly on the truth. But I listened to the True Light tapes on the radio and have come to understand the truth about the life of Jesus. I listen to your broadcast every week, and as a result of the True Light tapes, I am now a follower of Imam Issa. Yes. The true light tapes do make a difference. The true light can change your life. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And now, let us return to our broadcast. Now, what's the next chapter of this book? The Quran. I mean, what's the next chapter of Revelation? Is there Revelation 23 here? No. So the book ended, right? Right. And in the last chapter, he told us what books to rely on, which was the book, this book, this prophecy, this book, this prophecy, the prophet, not my disciples, not my apostles, this book, this prophecy, the book, the prophecy. But men, right after this, made their own books, their own prophets, their own disciples, their own apostles, and have deceived the whole world in the name of Jesus Christ. They went out into the world and deceived everybody using Christ's name. And then when that comforter did come, who Jesus said he would send, which was Muhammad, they didn't accept the Ahmed. Jesus said, I will send a comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, even the Holy Spirit. Look at St. John chapter 15, the last verse. Because people just be talking. Read it. 15 or 16? The last verse in 15. Last verse in 15. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now I'll go back. And read 26. But when the comforter is come, okay. whom I will send unto you from the Father, what's the word? Even the spirit of truth. Even. The comforter is not the Holy Spirit. He will be accompanied by the Holy Spirit. Even the Holy Spirit. Or even the spirit of truth which proceeded from the Father. So just like when Jesus was baptized and the Spirit proceeded out of heaven and came down upon him and he became anointed as a Savior to the world, thus this other comforter will also have to say in the Quran, in the Surah Tulayla Sukhadri. What does it teach us? The angels came down. All the angels came down from heaven that night. And that what it teaches in the night of power of the Quran. So and it says, and Aruhu was there. Who is Aruhu? The Holy Spirit. Ruhu Kudus, they call it. So Muhammad himself was the Ahmed or the Comforter. And he too had the Holy Spirit come down to him on the 19th night of the month of Ramadan. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the Comforter that Jesus said. Read it again. But when the Comforter is come. 
whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And Muhammad, wallahi, in the Quran, Jesus is mentioned more than any other prophet. Muslims don't say that, you know. I don't think most of them even know it. Jesus is called the Word of Allah. He's called the Spirit of Allah. He's called the Messiah from Allah. <laughs> he spoke from the cradle. He'll speak in youth and in old age. He performed miracles. He, he turned a bird into life, prepared a table of food from nothing. He was born a mother who conceived through the Holy Spirit, Blessed Mother Mary. Jesus is the only prophet in the whole Quran that glorified that much. The Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala glorifies Jesus, glorifies his holy name. One place they call him Al-Masiha. Other place they call him Isa, the Savior. They got his name glorified, the Messiah, the Savior. The Quran is glorifying these holy names like the prophecy says. And then it says, lastly what? And ye shall also, I'm sorry, and ye also shall bear witness. Stop. What did Muhammad come and tell us to take? single, 
That whole body shall be full of light. Stop looking from the two physical eyes and start looking from that one-third eye, the single eye, the spiritual eye. When you start looking from the spiritual eye, then your body is full of the pure light. As long as you're looking from those physical eyes, you're only going to see things that you can see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. Material wealth, material gain, a better paint job, a better car, a better house, better looking clothes. If you look from the spiritual eye, the third eye, the single eye, your light will be on the inside. The body will become the temple, and you will furnish it with beautiful things from the scriptures. Go ahead. But if that eye be evil, that whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve a law and mammon. Mammon means wealth. Go ahead. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life. Don't think about your life. What you shall eat. Where your food's going to come from. Or what you shall drink. Where are you going to get your drink from? Nor yet for your body. Right. What you should put on. Don't worry about your clothes. How are you going to get clothes? Is not the life more than meat? Isn't life eternal more than the food it's eating? And the body than raiment? And the purified body more than the garbs that you wear? Behold, behold, behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. You don't see no birds planting no food and going out with plows and digging them up, do you? But the heavenly Father provides for them. Go ahead. Are you not? Are you not much better than they? Because didn't He create you as a guardian over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything that creepeth upon earth? Didn't the Bible say that? No. He provides for them, but man doesn't want to be provided for by Him. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? And even if you think you can do something to help yourself, <laughs> or you can change the course of nature, you can't anyway. And why, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spend. What is this about? I like nice yellow outfits and plaid garbs. I like beautiful colored things. Why must I wear bland white? <laughs> That's what people think. Well, I mean, in Africa, we wore loud colors and pretty flowers. He said, what are you worried about? I gave the colors to the lilies of the field. <laughs> what about your raiment? Better put on white, stop jiving. 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Even Solomon, as rich as he was, and I don't care how many movies they depict him as wearing a bunch of colors, Solomon wore a plain white, white robe, robe and was one of the richest men in the whole world. You understand that? But he didn't have on a bunch of plaids and golds today. He put on a robe for the priest. He put on a dress for the temple, but he wore white. 30. Wherefore, if a law so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He says he lets roses blossom and makes them beautiful, makes grass grow and makes it beautiful just for a seasonal thing. You're not seasonal. Wouldn't if he loved them, wouldn't he even love you? Go ahead. Therefore, but he calls a little, he says, oh, oh you little, little faith. Because we don't put our faith in Allah or Heavenly Father. We put our faith in our job and in our career and in our country and our economic position and our bank accounts and all of that. That's what he says. We don't have no faith in him. We have faith in, in, in ourselves, really. Go ahead. Therefore, take no thought, saying. What shall we eat? Like the brother said, where y'all get your food from? <laughs> Go ahead, and? Or, what shall we drink? Well, yo, I, I know, I see there's a lot of people here. I don't know how you provide for all these people. Or, where shall we be clothed? 
For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. If you read the Bible about people in the book of Revelation, about the tabernacle and who's in the tabernacle and who's not in the tabernacle, and it says, give me a read and a rod to count, you know what you find out? It tells you right there that the people who don't want to be in the temple have given themselves to Gentiles. Then it tells you right here that the Gentiles are the ones who seek all those things. I can't live in there, man. I can't live like this. i got to have what I feel like eating. I want to eat when I want to eat. I want to go do what I feel like doing. When you talk to people who have gossip, ain't that what they say? Man, the community, you can't do what you want to do, and you can't go home when you feel like going. Go ahead. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Allah knows what we need. He'll provide for us if we can. Go ahead. He'll tell you. But seek ye first the kingdom of Allah and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't start stacking money and accumulating wealth for morphs. It tells you right about some morphs and things. Stop worrying about that stuff. Enter the tabernacle, put your faith in the law, and he'll provide for you. Everything else, he does it for every other creature. He does it for every other animal. He does it for everything he created. He provides. Man is making his own problems because he thinks he can provide for himself. Okay? All right. You've already answered all my questions. Thank you. I have a question uh, concerning uh, uh, Nukar and um, Nakir. Go on. Yes, I'm a little confused about Nukar and Nakir. Mm -hmm. what, what are they supposed to do? Okay, I don't have the answer to that question. No, what do you mean what are they supposed to do? <laughs> okay. I don't All understand right. what he means. These are two angelic beings right. that visit men in the grave. This is, a, this is from the writings of Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are the things that he taught that when man passes on from this state to the next state, which is which commonly referred to as death, that there be two angels that will visit them when they're in the grave and ask them questions concerning Tawheed to see whether or not they can answer them. But that, that's, you know, that's basically it. That's recorded on them. So um, who makes the final judgment uh, as to who, who will go to heaven and hell? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not, not the angel Israel. No, the angel Israel, or Israel is mainly the angel of death. He, he's the soul collector because he was there when man's body was shaped in the garden from the dust of the ground when Allah blew the spirit into man and man became a living soul, Israel was that angel used to do that. So he will be there when each soul leaves the body. He will not make the decision as to who will go into paradise and who will go into hell. He has no, nothing to do with whatsoever. Like, like in the book of Revelation at the end of it, when John tries to bow down at the feet of the angel Michael, he says to him what? Tells him not to bow down because I am your fellow servant in tribulation. In other words, on Yawm al-Akhri, man and angel both will stand before Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Angels are not above men in the eyes of Allah. There's, um, there's a prophet um, who, who was teaching the prophet Elijah, and this prophet was um, living up in the mountains and uh, in the desert. So my question is, uh, who was this prophet? The prophet who was teaching Elijah? Right. Now you gotta, you gotta get that straight because we have Elias, Elijah, we have about five or six different men. Elijah. I know, but there's, there's more than one because Elijah taught somebody named Elias. And I'm saying, and when they translate these names, they all come out to be the same person. The prophet Elijah himself was 
what they refer to like a Nazarite. He belonged to the Nazarite type of doctrine, much like John the Baptist. Why John the Baptist was his second portion of the spirit. They call him Elijah. They call him Ilya. They call him Elias. We find basically his story in the first book of Kings, right? And the second book of Kings. And that's why I say we have to know which one. There was, there was Elijah of the tribe of Benjamin. You know about him. That's found in the first Chronicles 8, 27. And in Matthew, they talk about him. So I, it's very different. As to which Elijah. Elijah is a very touchy subject in the scripture. Believe me or not. He's one of those special, one of those special um, prophets. You have been listening to The True Light, sponsored by the original Tents of Kidar, located at 717 Bushwick Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. You are also invited to attend the Questions and Answers class every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the Hall of Knowledge at 548 Hart Street in Brooklyn, New York. And now, more profound than ever before, the Pampas of Peace, authored by the Master Teacher and Spiritual Guide, Sayyid El-Imam Isa. Dynamic teachings of Al Sa'id, Al Imam Isa, Al Hadi, Al Mahdi. Gentle one, 
and 144,000 and how they would rise and it goes through all of that and the new song that they would sing which is the Quran itself and how they'd be redeemed from the earth and how they would be of men, of human beings which is going all down to Revelation 14. In 14, certain angels who blew trumpets and certain angels who were angels of death. They call another angel in 18, another angel in 17, another angel. Then, after they establish who these seven angels are in the 14th chapter, which represents the end plague and the end of the world, then they go on in 15th chapter and say, And I saw another symbol or sign in the heaven, great and marvelous, seven angelic beings having seven last plagues. That means these are the seven last plagues before the end of the world. Does this sound familiar? Sure it does. It takes you right back to Moses and Exodus and when Moses went into Egypt to try to get the Israelites out for the last chance. After he had warned them and spoke to them and preached to them and performed miracles, then his last chance was seven last plagues that was cast down on Israel which made the Pharaoh eventually do what? Let the children of Let my people go. That's what Moses said. And the white man today do not want to let you go. He's enjoying persecuting you. All right. In this 15th chapter, these seven angels are the same seven angels that represented the plague that came to Moses. When you get down to, are you or are you not going to let my people go? Minister Farrakhan was talking about that recently, about the fall of America. Uncle Elijah Muhammad spoke about it. The Holy Quran runs off a whole bunch of chapters, Zilzal, Qariya, Ariyat, a whole bunch of chapters in there to end of the last juice that deal with the plague of the world, the earthquake, the cracking of the planet, the turning of a thunder, all types of things. These seven angels represent the seven last plagues and judgments on this new city. Why? Because it takes you from 15, but that's one of the shortest chapters in the book of Revelation, right into 16, and then 16 takes you to 17, which establishes the power of the beast when they're released, and 18, the fall of Babylon. Again, the seven angels symbolize the seven last plagues before the end of the world, the seven wraths of the Most High. And I saw, as it were, a sea, right? of glass mingled with fire. He's talking about judgment, hell, like looking through that crystal city like in the books of uh, Revelation in the beginning. And them that had gotten what? The victory over the beast. They already conquered over the beast. They're coming to the end of the world. And over his image. They don't look like him, just like him. They're back in their white robes again. They no longer live in the image of the beast. No more jelly curls. And over his mark. He no longer live by his monetary system, because his mark has to do with his money, like he mentioned in 13. Anybody that don't have his mark will not be able to buy and sell. So that mark has to do with money, living under his money. We're going to have to break that, because remember, his money gets its worth from our country. He gets his worth for his dollar from Africa. The gold, the platinum, the silver, the diamonds is coming from our country. We will no longer be under that. Go ahead. And over the number of his name. That's the 666. He had his time. 666 symbolizes his birthday. And let me go right through it, right quick. June 6th of 1966 in the Dakota House on 72nd Street in Manhattan, across from Central Park, directly facing Cleopatra's Needle. And they performed a necromancy, which is a resurrection of the devil. 
right up in Manhattan on 72nd Street, and Satan was released from Haiti, from the pit, right then, after being tied. That was June 6th of 1966. Now, that may sound crazy until I start giving you some crazy coincidences. Now, here's one of them. They gave you all a fleet of movies in that period of time. Those movies were such as The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen 2, The Demon Sea, The Exorcist, Exorcist 2, Exorcist 3. They ran through a whole bunch of things, The Devil's Reign. Now, in these movies, they gave themselves away. The war that broke out, which is called a six-day war in Israel, around June 6th, right? right? They negotiated it at a place called Camp what? David. Now, you go back and watch that Omen movie, you're going to find out that Damien is in a camp called Camp David. Coincidence? Maybe. They say that he was born of a jackal. Correct? Correct. Now, and the husband of the woman that gave birth to him was an ambassador who came from England to America. Correct? Correct. And was shot while in the Catholic Church in the back of the head. And according to the movie, the woman gave birth by way of a jackal. Coincidence. The woman lost a baby and they replaced it with the demon seed. The Pope came here and gave a big speech in the Yankee Stadium on June 6th of 1966. Remember the word coincident means two incidents. First you get one incident, the second is a coincidence. Anything over co is no longer a coincidence. All this is a coincidence now, right? Now, in that picture of the omen, they show you that once that president was shot, that a man was at the graveyard, and he took the responsibility for the little boy, Damien. Then he was sent to Belgium, where he resides today. Coincidence that the computer, IBM, happened to come out of Belgium. And the master computer is called IBM 3666. And it's being programmed by somebody they won't tell the world who it is. And in his programming, he has managed from June 6th of 1966 to engage every continent in the world is in war. And every government is seeing financial fall away. And there's been a plague of new diseases and new drugs and all forms of pornography and degradation and evil since June 6th of 1966. Coincidence. Now, write IBM on the board, clear. And I want people to tell me, anyone who saw the movie 2001 Space Odyssey, I want y'all to see something. Because in that movie, the computer took over. Do y'all remember that? Yes. The computer took over. Now, watch when you write IBM, what comes before it? What comes before I? H. What comes before B? H. What comes before? M L. How? How happened to be the same name of the computer that took over in the movie 2001 Space Odyssey? They said, how? Why are you doing this to us, how? How happens to be an Arabic word meaning I can do it. You understand? Now, all of these are coincidences. Let me go back over them. It's a coincidence that the movie Omen was about a man who was a politician who was a Catholic. He got shot in the head while trying to stab the devil boy, right, in the church. Coincidence. Then his wife's name is Jackie, and Jackal and Jacqueline is the same. Coincidence. They have to live up on 72nd Street in the Dakota House, which is a known St. Tonic building. Coincidence. 
The Pope happened to come in on June 6 of 1966, which would be 6666. Coincidence. And the Revelation 13 tells us it's the number of a man. Since then, there's been a rash of satanic movies. One after another, every year, in fact, three or four times a year, there's some new movie about the devil and how he wins. Coincidence. Somebody is being educated. Then there's a rash after 66 of satanic murders, satanic cults. You notice something about your satanic murders and satanic cults? You hear about any black ones? No. Why? Why is there no black satanic cults and uh, mutilations of animals and mutilation of bodies? Why? How come? Black people follow everything else the white man says. How come they ain't following down that path? I'm not talking racism. I'm talking common sense here. This is for real. Now, if you want to call the movie The Omen and the movie The Exodus and the movie, where did, where did they start the Exodus at? In Syria, right? They started with the Adhan, the call to prayer. And a Catholic preacher comes all the way from an Islamic country, which don't even make sense, all the way back to America to try to exercise the devil out of this little girl. What's her name? Reagan. What's her name? Reagan. What? Can you say that one more time? Reagan. Now that's a heck of a coincidence, huh? Now think about that. And the funny thing about it is, did the Christian creature succeed in getting the devil out of Reagan? No. No. The devil threw him through a window and went on and possessed somebody else. You understand? Now if you want to call all of these movies and all of these incidents coincidence, that's solely your prerogative. But I'm telling you, the devil is in the flesh. He came up out of the pit on June 6th of 1966, and the whole world is in danger. Not just white, black, Italian, Jew, Polish, Irish. The world is in danger. Whites who don't know that the devil's on earth is, is doing just as bad as you. You better believe it. Because they don't know. Don't think all white people know. All of them know they're the devil and they got a big conspiracy. They don't know. They find out gradually that what their people did is not normal. And they thought that our ancestors did some treacherous and some cold-hearted things. Now, you want to take all these equations about the devil and call them a coincidence, that's your business. Now, let me ask you another question. What color was Damien, white or black? White. What color was Rosemary, white or black? White. Rosemary's baby? White. I mean, what does he have to do to tell you who he is? Tell me one movie where they depict the black man as the devil except for Bill Cosby. And they did that, and then made him the biggest black person you ever know. They gave him a movie first, where they depicted him as a devil, in a comedy. And then after that, he became the number one black example. He had the best program, the top rating, the best. You call that, a, you, think that you think it's a coincidence? When they say, Arsenio Hall got to go off television because he's too black? How can a person black be too black? I've seen some black people. I've traveled around the world. I've been to Africa, and I've seen some black people, and they're not too black for me. How can a man like Arsenio Hall be too black? I could see if they were looking at somebody with dreads, with a, you know, with some African culture, with an ox bottle of food on, sit up there with, you know, with, I can understand him saying, no, he looks too black. But I can understand a guy sitting up there with jerry curls, eyeliner on, that's too black? That's too buckwheat, you mean. And they're worried about a senior hall pull that man off television and got some of the blandest people up there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you liked the program. Because he made you laugh. Because you watched it. A senior hall had a good program. It was funny. And the ratings were shooting up too high. You know Ben Bereen did what they call blackface? Ben Bereen. Brother. 
What are you doing to us in 88? Here we take all this time to live there. We fought up to the 60s and lost. We had a riot in the 60s. We lost. I wonder why we keep losing. You know why? Because we were very successful in the 60s in writing poetry. We just aren't no fighters, man. Stop fooling yourself. You be punching somebody and be trying to figure out how to stop. You ever engage in a fight with somebody and hope somebody break it up? When y'all got ready to get into a fight, y'all was ready. I'm going to duke him. I'm going to stop him. I'm going to do this to him. I'm going to on the way to the fight. Your friends is scared. You aren't here. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Get in the fight. You be mad at your friends because they don't break it up. That's how you are. You're not no killer. You're not a killer. You're not violent. You've been pushed in the corner. If you push a mice into the corner, he'll attack you. You've been pushed, and now you're acting crazy. You can argue. Now, black person give you a telephone fight. They get to a telephone. They curse you out. So if you're talking about meet me somewhere, I'll meet you. I'll be there. Just the opposite. If it's 10 miles this way, black person go 10 miles the other. You know that. Don't fool yourself. You're not no fighter. Don't be sucked into it by no revolutionary movement, marching around the seat, and get your head bashed in. It ain't worth it. Do it the other way. You understand? If I tell you the other way, you'll know what it is. Anybody who don't understand the other way nowadays is crazy. Okay. One more question I want to ask you. Uh, what is faith? The word faith in Arabic means iman. It means having facts beyond any doubt. It does not mean believing in something you cannot prove. It means believing in something that you know has already been proven. A fact. Not just don't say I have faith and it's blind. There's no such thing. Faith is when you put your trust in something because it has been proven. You follow? How do you obtain uh, faith? By looking up at night, take your mate. You have a mate? Yes. Take your mate and go to the mountains. And when it's dark, look up at the stars and realize how insignificant you are as an individual. You understand? In the daytime, just sit down on the grass and watch an ant hill. And watch a bunch of little ants moving. And then see how significant you are, on the other hand. And place yourself somewhere between insignificant and very significant. And you have step one to faith. You understand what I mean? Yes. Keep going. Assalamu alaikum. I have a question. Um, how does Islam relate to... Um, or contrast or compare with the Egyptian quote-unquote mystery system and traditional African beliefs like in Shango and the other... Okay. When they use the word Shango, remember, Shango is just one of the deities on the Arishi who was once a human being. When you go back to Iliiti and Oyo, you come back to Oduduwa. Remember the name Oduduwa? Oduduwa is the founder of the Yoruba temple, and Oduduwa is from the Yoruba language, from the Arabic for Wadud. Oduduwa and Wadud is the same. Wadud means the loving. The Yoruba people were originally Arabs who migrated to Africa from Egypt because they were idol worshippers when Muhammad came on the scene. When Muhammad then destroyed the idols, a lot of those Arabs did not just stop worshipping. They took their ancestral worship and moved deeper into Africa. You understand? So when you get to Shango, Obatala, Yemeya, Ogun, and many of the deities of the African Orishi, you're talking about human beings who died and did great things the same way me and you talk about Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King, Martin Garvey, etc., etc., etc. If you come across a brother who's deep into reggae, 
And you say Bob Marley, he almost sees Bob Marley as a deity in a subtle kind of way because of the inspiration, the knowledge, and the feeling that Bob Marley portrayed on him. And some people feel that way about James Brown. All right? So a lot of deity worship has come out of ancestral worship, which has come out of admiration for individuals. So the African faith does extend right into El Islam because the people in Africa were exposed to Tawheed, the oneness. Let me go back to Egypt now. When you get to Unkin Unten, not put Unk Aman, because it's Atin and Aman. Atin was a deity for Mushrik, many gods, and Aman was uh, vice versa. Atin was one, and Aman was many. Okay? Unkin Unten, or Unkin Atin, was one who said he acknowledges that with the Unk, the key to get to the other side, to eternal life, you'll be met by one deity. Where when they say Amen, you said Unkin Amen, you'd be saying with the key of life, when I open the door to the other world, I will meet many deities. How did this happen is the question. When you go back to the Torah and get it into the Hebrew language, what happens is in the beginning they keep using the word Elohim, and then they say Yahuwah Elohim. In the beginning was Elohim, the last two letters, him. In Hebrew, it's pluralization, just like Allahumma. The hum means more than one. So they're saying, Elah, Allah, and hope, and his heavenly host, which created a pluralization in the word Elohim, of which Jesus was a part of, why they say he was in the beginning, before Abraham, because a part of the Elohim, okay? When you bring it to a single, you get Allah or Elah. When in Hebrew they stopped using the name Elohim because the pluralization confused people, they started referring to him as Oh He Who Is. So they said Yahuwah, which became known as Yahuwah, which became known as Jehovah. So therefore, some ancient descendants held on to the Elohim doctrine and still believe in the combination of the Heavenly Father and all of his angels, which is what we call the Arishi. When you say Obatala, you're really going Oba in Yoruba, Father to Allah, the Most High, Arabic. The Most High Father, Obatala. You see what I'm saying? It all stems back to the ancient Torah when they got confused between Elohim and Elohim, or Allahumma and Allah. When he's classified as a we, which includes him and all of his angels and creative forces, as opposed to as a he, which is the source or the essence of all creation. So, Shango, Obatala, Ogun, Yemeya, and all our ancestors were nothing but our ancestors who we still respect but should not worship. You follow that? We should respect them the same way Christians go to a grave and respect by putting flowers down, and Jews go to a grave and they put a stone on the gravestone to represent they were there. That is the same thing as going before Shango and them, and in our religion we would put fruit out and such. Then later, when it got into South America and they combined it with Christianity, we started having saints this, saints that, and it became another whole kind of practice. And then they had good and bad. Some were righteous and some became evil, so you get witchcraft out of that, invoking evil spirits to do your bidding as opposed to righteous or just respecting your dead. Okay? And Rasulullah Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told us, don't go to graveyards and put things down and, you know, cry and weep because that's a form of ancestral worship. Give all that adoration to the Heavenly Father. 
All right, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, I hope I helped you. Just another thing also, they talk about the, in the mystery system, the ten bodily fetters and that system of, of discipline, of the discipline in oneself and, um, you know, attaining that sum them Right, the ten principles they call them. Mm -hmm. They come from Tai Chi. All right? A Tai Chi is an art of using the Latifa in Arabic. The Latifa is the key point. The key point is one inch below your navel. If you put your hand there, you feel there's a dent there. That's an energy center in the body. All right? Now, in the ancient Hindi practices, they had what they call the seat or the chakras. And these chakras were centered around certain glands, which they say gave off certain uh, electrical impulses, which resulted in aura change and energy. But them seven glands be broken down into two because you had two thyroid glands. You had the pituitary and the penal gland. So instead of having seven, you would end up with two, which they grabbed out of the ancient Egyptian doctrine of the seven seats of power that man had, which came out of the ten principles. So men learned to breathe properly. It would go down to the Nile, and they would have certain type of dances, which later became known as the death dance, because it symbolizes conquering death. And they went down at sunrise at the Nile, and they did these dances which later on became known as Tai Chi, when the Japanese experienced it, because they traveled, as you know, the Chinese and Japanese were traveling over to Egypt, everybody knows that. And they brought that over there and developed it. The same way Kung Fu came from Kung Fu Tae, which is the name of a man. The ballet later on, it became an art. Okay? Could you uh, give me something on that would specify who the beast is that that's spoken up in Revelation and, and all the way back to even the beginning of the Bible. They use different words for beast, first of all. When you read beast, they have living creature in the language. And it is translated as beast. Some books have went as far as saying dragon, right? Mm -hmm. And dragon meant demon, a big demon. And the reason why they did that is because they wanted to make a difference between that gender when it's speaking of an animal as opposed to a man. Differentiate. Differentiate between when they speak of an animal and a man. And most of the time in the books of Revelation, when they're speaking about them, they're, they're using a gender that applies to a human being, the way they describe them. They use whom and ulaika instead of haulatka. You know, and who are it. They're not using it, they're using he and they as beings for the beast. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it depends on where in the scripture they are and what they're talking about. I have let the physical devil in the community inside the hearts of many black people. So what's the difference? Explain that. Many black people know the truth and still live a lie. Right. They are just as much of a devil as any white person with white skin. Right. If you know that you're supposed to be in white and you got on black, tell me why you're doing it. All right, so now that would make you equal now if the woman that you're looking at in front of you happens to be white and right. she puts on white before you do, who's uh -huh. holier, you or her? You ain't answering the question. Who's holier, you or her? Yes. Okay, so then you answer the question, not me. Yes, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> but it's true. Truth is truth. I would like to know how I can help my mother, how I can help my mother's soul and, my, and her spirit for the simple fact that she's living with a devil, so-called you, white, and had a baby wife. By not tormenting her about things you don't understand. Say that again? By not tormenting her about things you don't understand. That's how you can help her. If your mother married a Jew right. and has a baby by a Jew, right. and the baby is there, and you know they're already living together, right? right? And they consider themselves in love, 
right? right? All you're doing is making her uncomfortable by presenting her with truths that she doesn't need to hear yet. Set your example right and let her look into your example to find a way. We now have a series of over 90 True Light tapes by popular the band, our master teacher and spiritual guide, Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi, has for your listening pleasure and enlightenment a series of over 90 True Light tapes covering such topics as why use the books of the New Testament? Is Allah's name Jehovah? The 200 fallen angels? Which Jesus do you follow? And much, much more. Also write or ask for a list of the most dynamic books in history, authored by the world-renowned scholar, Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. May Allah protect him. We will now continue with our broadcast. Tell them they don't mean nothing. Burning down a person's house does not mean they won't live. Just mean they won't live there. And uh, my aunt is uh, into this Buddhism stuff. And uh, she started, you know, she's, she tells me she wants me to get into it. Because she, she says, you know, she does all these chants and whatnot. And she says it's this phrase, Nam Renge Kill, or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a vibration. Yeah. And, and all kinds of stuff like money, cars, and all kinds of clothes, and all kinds of stuff is happening to her. Tell her, is that coming from the Most High? In other words, somebody that they worship tells them, if you chant this certain slogan, I'll give you the things of this world. Right. Tell her what we follow is telling us, if we be good, he'll give us the things in the next world. This world spans 80 years. The next world spans boundless time. Tell us, so all the wealth and accumulations of this world will perish. So go on and keep Yamo Rangi Tanking all you want. Um, my, my question is, uh, why is it um, important for the um, Nubian women and men here in the West to dress as Muslims? Because nowhere ever in Rasulullah Muhammad's khutbah to his first word has he ever given us an intercession from practicing what all the other prophets did. It said, this day have I completed for you your deed and called it al-Islam. It was completed back in the year 631, because he died in 632 when he got his last revelation. No man can come along with no book after the seal of the prophets came, which was Muhammad, the Ahmed, the Comforter, and the seal of the book, which is the Bayina, the Quran, and come and give us any writing and tell us that it is dominating the Quran, like the Hadith that the Sunnis live by. I live by the Kalim Allah, or Kalam Allah, the words of Allah. That is the book of its prophets, and not by the books of men who only write them for a prophet. So we dress the way the prophets dress because we have not got any message from Allah to any new prophet which would never come telling us it's all right for us to dress in the image of the beast or in the likeness of the beast, which is what people are doing, living in his image and after his likeness and receiving his mark. We're supposed to live the way Jesus lived, Moses lived, and Muhammad lived, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and don't alter it or update it because no law or commandment gives us the right to do that. So um, all these uh, uh, advertisements for cl- uh, clothing, uh, tight jeans, uh, tight um, uh, uh, s- uh, sweaters, you know, uh, make, making the body, you know, um, appear uh, um, to everybody is, is not supposed to be done here at all by anyone. You're right. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. When they first got seduced by Satan, and remember the Quran also tells Adam's descendants, be careful because the devil is going to try to seduce you and sway you. And the first thing he's going to do in seduction and swaying is make you take off your garment, take off your robes, all right? Now, if you look at Genesis chapter 3, that talks about 
the first contact that man and woman had with the serpent, the devil, all right? By the time you get to the seventh verse, which is after you already messed us around, it says, and the eyes of them both, meaning Adam and Eve, both of their eyes were open, all right? Yeah. And they knew that they were naked. So what did they do? They are so thick leaves And made? Made apron. An apron is a short-fitting garment. It's not a full-length garment, right? But over in the same chapter, when the Lord finally put judgment on them, in 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, he put judgment on them. But now when he gets to 21, look what he says to them. Yes, he says, unto Adam uh -huh. also, uh -huh. and to his wife, That's right. did the Lord Allah make, make coats of skin to clothe yeah. them. Yeah. When they first discovered their shame, they only covered part of their body. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stepped in, he told them to cover their whole body. How can, how can the uh, Christian churches, the people who say they, they follow uh, uh, um, the Messiah, um, justify wearing the clothes that they do? Because nowhere in the teachings of the Messiah did he address the way they dressed because he thought, as he taught, that they were going to follow the law of Moses. He said the law came from Moses. And if you go back to the books of Moses and Abraham, women wore face veils. Men wore long white robes. When they describe Jesus in the book of Revelation, they say he had a long white robe down to his ankles. You follow? Yes. He thought that all the people who lived in his time dressed that way. It was that malicious demon Paul who took everybody off the teachings of the Messiah and gave them the worship of a man called Bob Jesus, which y'all might have heard about, who everybody now begin to find out is who people are worshiping when they think they're worshiping Christ. Jesus never gave laws on how to dress because he didn't come to do that. He came to give grace, which was forgiveness, and truth. To set the record straight, but he never told them how to get married, he never told them how to wash, he never told them how to eat, he never told them how to dress. Thus, he sent another comforter, which is what he said in St. John chapter 16. He explained to them in that book why another comforter was necessary, because he said, because you believe not on me. Right? Yes, that's right. So let's look at it and see what it says. Where? where? St. John chapter 16. Oh. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Don't be upset. They shall put you out of the synagogue. And he knew they was going to leave the synagogue and become Christians, fall into this new religion. Mm -hmm. Now watch what he says. Yea, the time cometh, which means it's future, that whoever killeth you will think that he does God's service. Jesus is telling the day is going to come, like Muhammad said, when death will mean nothing people. They'll think they're doing the right thing by killing people. We just killed some ragheads. We just killed some Arabs like it's a big deal. Like they serving the Almighty by taking life. And he says in his commandments what? Thou shalt not kill. He doesn't differentiate whether it's Arab, Jew, Chinese, Japanese. He says don't kill. You didn't give life, you don't take it. Let's go on. Number three. And these things will they do unto you because what? They have not known the Father, nor me. He said, the reason why they're going to kill you, because they don't know Allah, and he separated himself, nor me. He didn't say, know my Father as me, know me as my Father. He said, because they don't know my Father, Abby, nor me, and they don't know me, the Messiah. Then what did he say? And he said, but these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them, and these things I said not unto you at, at the, beginning. the beginning. I didn't teach you about these things. He said, when I first started talking to you guys, 
I didn't tell you all these things were going to happen. Right? Because what? Because, because I was with and, you. And the prophecy was that nothing would happen to any of the disciples while he was there. He said, so nothing would happen. But now I go my way to him that did what? That sent me. Which would translate that made me his rasul, made me his apostle, sent me. He's going back to someone who sent him. If Jesus was God, how could he be sent? Who sends God anywhere? <laughs> how can you be sent somewhere if you're God? You send people if you're God. You don't get sent. And if you are God and the Father and the Son, I know you're not going to send yourself. It's stupidness. It's ridiculousness. Go ahead. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, go with me. Now, none of y'all bother asking where I'm going. But because I said these things unto you, sorrow fills your face. Then he goes on. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or better for you that I go away. Why? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But, but if I depart, I will send him Now unto the Holy you. Spirit comes from the Father. As an angel, Jesus can't send Holy Spirit. You see that? Yes. Okay, go ahead. And when he is come... What would he do? He will reprove the world of, of sin. Now, is Jesus going to reprove the world of sin? No. Or is Jesus going to send a... Let's just backtrack and go out of his mouth, not out of Reverend Ribb's mouth. Let's go right out of Jesus' mouth. Jesus said that when the Comforter comes, what would he do? He will reprove the world of sin. Did Jesus say he himself was going to do this or that he was going to send someone to do it? Now go back and read it. Jesus said in St. John chapter 16, verse 8, And when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. So he talked to his own disciples. He said, you're going to suffer for one reason and one reason only. Because regardless of what I tell y'all, y'all still don't believe. How do you know they don't believe? I'll tell you simply. Because the day after the crucifixion, when he first came to the upper room eight days after seeing Mary Magdalene, they didn't believe. They were scared when Jesus came in the room. They were supposed to believe, according to their teachings, that he died on the cross for their sins and resurrected. Correct? That's their belief. So how come when he walked in the room, they were scared if they believed that it happened? They didn't believe it. That's why they said, if I don't see no holes in his hands, if I don't see no nail prints, I'm not going to believe it. So what was Jesus talking about for three and a half years when he was teaching them? If they get to that point and the first thing that comes out their mouth, if I don't see no nail prints, I don't see no holes in his hands, I'm not going to believe it. That means did they believe Jesus when he was teaching them? No. Did they believe Jesus after his so-called crucifixion? No. When did they believe Jesus? They didn't believe Jesus. His disciples never believed. They shouted all the way up until he met them. He told them to cast their nets over the side of the boat to get fish because they fished all night. They didn't recognize him. And then one of them said, that's Jesus. Then Jesus told some of them to come. As Peter and John came towards Jesus, Jesus started asking Peter questions. Are you going to take care of my flock? Are you going to take care of my flock? He knew they didn't believe. He knew they doubted. This is right in the book of St. John, the last chapter. He knew they didn't believe. Go ahead. Let's see what he says. Of righteousness because I go to my father. Where is he going? Is he going back to heaven to be the father? No. Is he going back to his throne as God in heaven? No. Where did he say he's going? To his father. And what? And, uh, and ye you see, see me, me no more. He said, y'all ain't going to never see me again. 
Now that's kind of funny because he said he's coming back. Correct? Comes back, the disciples ain't going to see him. The next time the disciples will see him is in the place that he said he went to prepare for them in heaven. When he comes back to earth, they won't see him. Go ahead. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now here's the part that answers the question about the clothes. Why do people not know how to dress, eat, think, walk, talk, Christ-like? Because he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He said, all the things I'm supposed to teach you, you're not ready for. I have many things to teach you, but you're not ready for them. So, I'm going to send someone who will. What? However, however, how be it? How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Keep with them he, that's right. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. This is what Jesus spoke about would happen. That man is going to come, the he who had the Holy Spirit, is going to come after him, and he is going to pick up the teaching. Now, who came after Jesus? One prophet. I want y'all, anyone, to tell me what prophet in history came after Jesus who brought a book, who taught law, who taught people how to dress. He taught people to prostrate and pray the way Jesus fell on his face in the garden and prayed. This man told people to fall on their face and pray. The way Jesus was gowned in Revelation with a white robe, this man told them to wear a white robe and a turban on their head. The way Jesus did not eat pork, this man said don't eat pork. The way Jesus kept the Sabbath and the preparation of the Sabbath on Friday to Saturday, this man kept the preparation on the Sabbath. What man came in history after Jesus that you can find through all the history of the world who was classified as a prophet who successfully taught people about Jesus and how Jesus was glorified in heaven and in earth and how he was the word of Allah, the spirit of Allah, the Messiah, son of Mary, the son of man. What other man did that? None but a man named Muhammad who came in Arabia. None other. There has never been one in history and there won't be any. He came with the message that Jesus said he would bring in this chapter, right in 16, but people still don't believe. Still don't want to accept it. Still don't want to dress right. Still don't want to stop eating pork. Still don't want to want to fall down their face and break. So they're on their path to hell. I have an aunt, and she considers herself a saint. She lives in Michigan, and, and the people there, you know, the Christians there are just very, very, very deeply. Well, you know, it's scary sometimes. You go in their church, and they do all sorts of things in there. And um, she says she's a saint. So she was talking to my mother on the phone. We recently had um, a stream of deaths in our family. And um, they all seemed to come, like, at an even time span apart. And then my mother got sick, and she says that she spoke to my other aunt, who's the same too. They both supposed to be saints. And they were speaking in tongues, and, you know, they just have this feeling. Can, can you explain tongues to me? <laughs> I mean, you, you yes, touched I can. on it earlier. I think, it, I think it's funny, you know, that they go through all that kind of stuff, because if you look in the books that they talk about, the books of Luke, where they get it from, which is the book of Acts, right? Mm -hmm. In the second chapter, this is when they start talking about what tongues is. And they say, and when the day of Pentecost, which really would have been translated, when the 50th day came, they stuck the word Pentecost in there and left it. The word Pentecost is from the word like pentagram, mm -hmm. and Pentecost just means the 50th day. Mm -hmm. 50 days after Jesus left, is what they're really saying, was fully come, right? Mm -hmm. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were all sitting. Okay? They were all? All the disciples sitting around. Mm -hmm. And there appeared unto them cloven tongue, I mean splitted tongue, like as a fire, not fire, but like fire, and it sat upon each of them, okay? Mm -hmm. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with, somebody read that word, other, other tongues. The Christians keep saying, they keep saying, speaking in tongues. They just take the word other out and throw it away. The reason why it says other tongue, as we're going to read, is because these people all spoke one dialect, one language. So what could happen? Other tongues, right? As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was dwelling, and where were they at? And Jerusalem, Judahites, or Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. So in Judea, there were religious Jews who had been spread throughout the world, gathered there. Now, when this was noised abroad, or made noted by everybody, the multitude came together. And they were confounded because, they were confused with men, because that every man did what? Heard them speak in his own, what? Language. The speaking of tongues is that people were confused when they saw the disciples because everybody knew that they spoke one language, being that they were Galileans, they spoke only Hebrew. Now they came down all of a sudden with the power to do what? Speak other languages. Now what? Seven. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold. Are not all of these which speak Galileans? That's the meaning. Let's look at this. Isn't all these men that are speaking to us in these different languages, aren't they all Galileans? In other words, shouldn't they just be speaking one language, Hebrew? Then it says, And how hear we every man in our own tongue, not in tongue, gibberish, in our own tongue, which is mentioned back in 6 as language, where is we were born? How come we hear these men now speaking in our languages? They're not speaking gibberish. They're supposed to be speaking Hebrew. How come they speak in Greek and Aramaic? But not only that, they're literally going to tell you what languages they spoke. Goes on in number nine. It says, Parthian, which is Arabic, because Parthian is Egypt, and Madis. And Madis is Persian, which is the language Farsi. And Elamites. The Elamites spoke Phoenician. And the dwellers in Mesopotamia, which spoke Chaldean, where Abraham came from. And in Judea, which spoke Hebrew. And in Cappadocia, which spoke Greek. And in Pontus, which spoke Arabic. And in Asia, which speaks another dialect of Arabic. And in Phrygia, and in Pamphylia, and it goes on, it says, and in Egypt, and in parts of Libya, Egypt, Arabic, Libya, Arabic, Cyrenus, Greek, and strangers of Rome, Latin, Jews speaking a language of Phoenician again, and what are they doing? And the uh, uh, Pasalitans, which are Greek. Now, Crete, which is Greek, and the Arabian, Arabic. Then it says, we do hear them speak in what? Our, the wonderful works of God. You see that? Speaking in tongues, has nothing whatsoever to do with what the Pentecostal church is pretending. 
speaking in tongues according to the books of Acts right here is the power that disciples were given to speak all of those languages of those places. That's why they didn't translate that. They left all those funny good speakers, but they just endowed with a lot of loyalty and faith to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another, the gift of healing by the same spirit. And certain men had the power to heal. To another, the working of miracles. Certain men could change the weather, like Jesus raised the dead and Elijah raised the dead. Certain men had the power to raise miracles. To another, prophecy. Certain men had the ability to predict things that was going to happen, like things like John did in the book of Revelation, with the power of the coming at the end of the world and the signs he could watch. To another, discerning of spirits. Certain men had the power to push the demons out of people who were possessed. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. It's the word diverse means the ability to speak different languages. And that's the one that the disciples received. The seventh one, the ability to speak different kinds of tongues, which I just got to read in Acts 2. Right? And the last one, just because we're here. To another, which is the eighth form of the spirit, the interpretation of tongues. Some men had the ability to translate tongues that they don't speak. They heard these men speaking in their tongues. This is what tongues is about. It has nothing whatsoever to do with this fiction that the Pentecostal church is duplicating from African tradition, bimbes, and voodoo worship of people banging on drums and chanting and people getting possessed. They have that in South America, they have it in Africa, they have it in Haiti, and there's a ritual where they play drums and they chant and play tambourines, and somebody gets possessed by acting like ducks and stuff, and they put blood and they have chicken. That's what they're talking about. They have got what happened at the day of Pentecost seriously mixed up with some devil worship because they follow the unholy spirit, not the holy spirit. So what they're talking about is coming from the devil. If the saints you're talking about, say spirits are talking to them. Believe me, you can get a Ouija board and spirits to talk to you. They don't have to be good spirits. Dead people are constantly trying to make contact with the living. And they will speak to you. And what they do is they always give you some good advice first so they can lure you. Wicked spirits give you good advice first and they lure you into devilry. And then they take possession of your soul. So that according to the Bible, I hope I answered it. According to the Bible, they're not speaking about tongues that they're talking about. They're speaking about languages, and they tell you what languages they are, and which spirit, which percentage of the spirit, which is the seventh percentage, is the reverse kind of tongues which the disciples spoke on that 50th day after Jesus left. Please tell the world, stop this gibberish about speaking in tongues and foaming out the mouth and, and hitting each other with tambourines and falling. Please cut this out because it's a sin, a serious sin. Now you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about the true story of the Messiah Jesus, heaping blessings upon him. Take an adventure through the Christ series, and you will be astounded by what you thought you knew.
This is the True Light coming live from the land of the law on Mount Zion, the city of peace. Rabboni, Asaid, Asa, and Hadi al He is the only being who is preparing us the seed of Abraham. Refer to Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Nubians of the world for the return of the Messiah. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. So, whether you are a Christian, Jew, or Mohammedan, have a seat, relax, and grab a pen and some paper, and open your scriptures and listen to the earth-shocking truth taught by Rabboni Asaid Isa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi as he brings us back to the true way of life, the religion of Abraham. El-Quran, chapter 2, verse 130 in part, and as for him who turned away, rejecting the law from the religion of Abraham, he makes a fool of himself. to the true light with Asaid Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. The Lamb come in front of the congregation, mm-hmm. the community, and tell them that Honorable Elijah Muhammad came to him in a dream mm-hmm. saying that Wali, Wali Abdul Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. and the man that the Nation of Islam um, put up today fought a Farad Muhammad it's the same people, but they, but their parents was groomed different. Mm-hmm. Then he told the community after telling him them this that he was wrong for printing a book or um, bringing out literature that taught that Wali Abdul Muhammad Ali was the original teacher of Anbilaj Muhammad, but. Master Farad Muhammad was an imposter, like, was like a deceiver, like the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. I want to mention that to Brother Bajil again, and they keep referring back to the religious that they did before the apology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way they know what they're most to. The way to address that is quite simple. Say, he's bringing another mission out. Then the first leader stands as it, because he 
have no reason to discuss Massapolitan Harvard. We have to go further. So they'd be so involved in our doctrine, we don't have time to worry about whether we came out of the white man or not. The Bonsai Day follows those five percent, and then it'll be good. You mentioned them that A, you made the same mistake that Salah Phillips made. You said I was born in 1935 and not 1945 in the beginning of your book, which shows that you copied that from Salah Phillips along with other information that is inside you. If you copied it from Bilal Phillips, then you're either admitting that Bilal Phillips is a divine God, a five percenter, a supreme being, because if you, as a five percenter, consider yourself God, then you are Sunni Muslim doctrine, then you must be confessing to his divinity. You follow what I'm saying? If you could quote him in a leaflet about us, then you should be following Bilal Phillips. Now, there's quite a few other things Bilal Phillips talks about. One of them is how Allah is not a moral man. Which he does a whole tape on, rather than attacking the nation of Islam. So now, are you all going to hear to that? Or do you remove the part out of your leaflet that Bilal Phillips put in there, which would be 75% of the 20 page leaflet anyway, mm -hmm. right? And eliminate You think that's all? The way to deal with the other pamphlet is he's putting another pamphlet out. Same way. You follow that? Oh, he's saying, right. Same for our same old guys, you know. Kid. That's the point. He just he failed. He <laughs> failed to appear. So and in this one he says, right, everything is right, so y'all come in and join with us right now. It's when Elijah Muhammad told him and he dream up on the little ship that Farrakhan spoke about. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Then okay, no then don't believe the first reason. Answer to the question. Simple. You know what I'm saying? In the book of Farrakhan, page one sixty five, of the descendants of Cain. What in the world with the inhabitants of you? The question you was asking me to ask you. That's on the Noah book. It's, it's also in the Noah Well, I, I'm not familiar with that book. Mm -hmm. But the question was, how were they able to defeat the inhabitants of you if they were highly civilized, more civilized than the descendants of Cain? Very good question, because they weren't warriors. You can be civilized, meaning you're not a warrior. See, the difference is 5%. Doctor, is the 5% mark themselves as animals by calling themselves the civilized. They say we are the civilized. I am not civilized. I am a civilizer. Civilized means that you were once in an uncivil state and brought to a civil state. You follow that? So when they say we are civilized, they say I am not civilized. I am a civilized girl. I'm the one civilized girl. The elders did not fight back against these people on the attack room. They did not fight back because it was just a left and let them explode to find out what's going to happen, which is a good And these are called the Red Sea, the Catholic Church. It's a part that separated Africa from Asia, as they say, which is Saudi Arabia from Jenner, which is really the same place in one
say an Asiatic black man. Do you mean that you are Malaysian, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, Chinese, Mongolian, Indian, Pakistani, now they broke up into two different countries? What do you mean by Asiatic black man? Because there are no Africans that are Asiatic black men according to the present day and ancient map. You follow that? So now, Asiatic black man, maker, owner, queen of the planet Earth, right? Father of civilization. See, that's why I said I'm a civilizer. And God of the universe. Now, so in that lesson, they separate the planet Earth from the universe. Asiatic black man, maker, owner, king, saucer, cream of the planet Earth. That's one kind of name. Father of the civilization. That was the father of all civilization. And God of the universe. The planet Earth is in the universe. The universe is not within the planet Earth. You understand? And if they're on the planet Earth and everything is real, homeboy, then the universe is out there or around us. So were you here when the foundation of the universe was laid or were you here when the foundation for the earth was laid in order for you to be the cream of it, the semen of it, the source of its life? Which one are you, brother man? You follow? So now if you are the cream of the planet earth, then you are from the material plane. And what you can see, everything is real, everything is matter, everything is high, you see, where things smell of real, and it must be spooky. Now the spooky, I'll show them off. And it ain't spooky, brother, and brother, Clarence, so she has been dead. And it ain't coming back, so the left and see, ain't nobody came back from the dead. This thing is past. You follow that? Now, if you are part of the universe, then you were here to create the universe before this planet Earth, the third planet in this galaxy, Mercury, Venus, Earth, was created. And Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Titan, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, Aquarius, and all of our different ages based on their content. You understand that? So now, which brother man, which of the planets did you create first? Think now before you, before you act stupid. <laughs> now, if you created Earth first and became the queen of the planet Earth, and Earth is not the oldest planet in the galaxy, then you leave Earth and go create the next one, because you got feet, oh boy. <laughs> you walking in gravity. You attached to the Earth. You're subject to the centrifugal and centrifugal forces that surround the planet. Gravity. So your feet are on the earth, and there are planets that were born after the planet Earth. Did you get up off the planet Earth and go there and stay in the realm of reality? Don't go through on me. How'd you do it? <laughs> and if you were God, before you became man, the way you say Master Prophet Muhammad was God before he became man, because his father was God, and they worked with him as man, and he used the 
on our lives and addictions, they will all away. Don't be picking and choosing the part you want. And then they do some of the lessons, some of the ways the nation of Islam does it. Then other of the lessons, the other way, their way. And then the chief, they plus the lesson. And then say, well, that's done by men. Then leave it alone. Because according to you, you are all wise, right, and exact. Okay? So brother man, my exact day of birth, if you were all wise, right, exact, would be June 26. 1945 on a Tuesday, 12 o'clock. Got it? That's all wise, right, and exact. So if you put out a pamphlet and it says 1935, you're going to either have to call me a liar and say, I was really born in 1935, which would make me 56, or you have to make a confession to the world that you are not all wise. Right, exactly. And I'm here to tell you, I was born Tuesday, June the 26th, 1945. So Mr. Man, God, you are not all wise, right, and exact. And if you're not right, then shut up. <laughs> so, let's get back to God here. So now, if you were the God of the universe, then we simple mortals want to know how you created this planet. What was the first thing you did? Because you said it was created out of triple darkness. Those are three stages. We don't want the third stage. We don't want the second stage. We want the first stage, oh man. Tell us what you did. We can't. What was the first element of creation? How much did it weigh, Mr. God, man? And how did you bring it from nothingness into existence? And don't tell me that you did it in your mind. نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it and that he is alone and has no part and that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sustainer of all the boundless universe all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the generous eternal friend and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles and on the Messiah the anointed one and on the Mahdi the God and on the Mujaddid the reformer which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, Eric.
seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.